Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name's Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today on this Sunday morning. So I have a question for you. How do you handle this idea of using someone's preferred pronouns? Is it respectful to use the words they want you to use? Is it being dishonest and playing along with a false idea, false narrative uh, required to do what's sinful, uh, to lie if you call someone by a pronoun that's not theirs? What is the right decision to make? Well, I'm not going to answer that question right this morning, but I do want to suggest that we use God's preferred pronouns. And this idea of of what pronouns do you refer to someone, this has been going on about God for some time. For a number of years on campuses, I've when I'm preaching, there'll be someone, more often than not, it's a lesbian, who will be upset that I refer to God as he. And they say they want to refer to God as she, or some even as they, or others as it. Whereas God in the Bible clearly refers is referred to as our Father, and of course Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, is obviously a man. And so people wonder about this. What do you call God? And, and it's been a growing controversy. And of course now with all the transgender and the he, she, he, him, she, her, they, them pronoun controversies, is it spilling over to God? Well, I read an art ran into some articles this weekend that really they kind of were upsetting to me because it was about a a uh, Anglican Archbishop, Church of England, who was upset with the term father in the Lord's Prayer because it was patriarchal. Here's just one headline: Archbishop of York has problems with the patriarchy inherent in the Lord's Prayer. I saw other headlines that talked about woke archbishop challenges Lord's Prayer and things of this nature. And I thought, well, this is something we need to talk about in, in here because this wokeness is invading the church. And these ideas are invading the church. And the church is called to stand on truth, and no truths are more important than our understanding of who God is and the truth about God. And I, I would imagine most people on here don't have a problem calling God Father. But when things like, when, you know, kind of like when the camel gets his nose in the tent or the devil gets his foot in the door, you want to address it quickly and make take a stand. And that's important. By the way, if you're a church leader, let me tell you how important that is. Our people are looking to us to provide leadership and to speak on things, even if they seem trivial at the moment. It's not trivial when we're talking about something taught in the Scripture and or the very nature of who God is. Indeed, we know this. I have found, and research has borne out, that the way we relate to our Father often, as we're growing up, often affects how we view God. If our Father was distant, sometimes we have trouble thinking God is distant. If our Father had abandoned us, sometimes we feel God abandons us. If our Father was weak, wasn't a real leader in the family, sometimes we can see God as being weak. And and on the contrary, if our Father was a man of integrity, if he was warm, loving, 
reached out to us, had a relationship with us, took interest in us, loved us, it's easier for us to view God in those ways. Now listen, if you've grown up with a father who's not been a good father, and you've had bad a, a bad experience with your father, well, understand our Heavenly Father is not like that. And we want to go to Scripture, no matter what your family father's like, we want to go to Scripture to understand what our Heavenly Father's like, because even the best of fathers is not like our Heavenly Father. Jesus even pointed that out, did he not, when he talked in Matthew 6 about if, if your child asks you for a fish, you're not going to give him a snake. If he asks you for bread, you're not going to give him a rock. No one's going to do that. And he said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven. And so he's even telling us that even a good parent, someone who would give give what their child asks, is not quite the parent, the, the father that our God is. So we want to be clear on that. But back to this article, Archbishop of York has problems with the patriarchy inherent in the Lord's Prayer. I thought, patriarchy? Well, the patriarchs in the Bible were good people. The patriarchs in the Bible were godly people. I thought, sure, they had their problems, but they're lifted up to us as important people and heroic in the Scripture. So I thought this had to be mentioned because Jesus said the Lord's Prayer. Well, and let's read, look at the Lord's Prayer. What did he say? Pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's an important prayer. You don't want to mess with that. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. You don't want to mess with that. And so I was all set to talk about this and all set to kind of reprove this guy, admonish him even from a distance. And then I decided to go and actually read what he said. And I was kind of surprised at how what he had said had been spun, because the whole message that he gave was a call to unity, and one aspect of that unity is around having the same father. That's what he was actually saying. He referred to the Lord's Prayer, and he focused on the word are, and he pointed out that we have a similar father, and if we have a similar father, then we're brothers and sisters, even if we have problems with one another, even if sometimes we disagree with one another, even if sometimes all kinds of things we have, a, it was actually a call to unity because we have the same father. Let's look at his exact words. In the midst of the, or early in the message, he's talking about the Lord's Prayer, and he's, and he's focusing on the word are, and he says, for if this God to whom we pray is Father, and yes, I know the word Father's problematic for those who've experienced, whose experience of earthly fathers has been destructive and abusive. Yeah, I know that. You know that. I know all kinds of people who've really struggled because they've had really, really bad dads. And, it, and the abusive dads, dads who've been given to drugs or alcohol, and they've been very, very violent. And, and there are people who struggle with that, no doubt about it. But he goes on and adds a little bit of wokeness here, maybe. He says, and for all of us who have labored rather too much from an oppressively patriarchal grip on life, 
All right. Well, I I like I'm I'm not against the patriarchy. I think we need strong fathers, and God gave them to us as our protectors and providers. But he goes on then to say, okay, that's all he said. That's all the negative he said about the father. That's it. One one parenthesis, shall we say, in a in a in a uh, paragraph that acknowledges that some people have difficulty with their fathers. But then he goes on, then those of us who say this prayer together, whether we like it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, even if we determinedly face away from each other, only turning around in order to put a knife in the back of the person standing behind us, we are sisters and brothers, family members, the household of God. Wow. I kind of read that and I said, wait a minute, this isn't all that bad. What did he do? He acknowledged some people have a pro- had a problem with their father. And some because of that, some people have difficulty relating to God, our father. That's true. But the thrust of what he was saying is we have the same, if we have the same father, people in the family of God, then we're brothers and sisters. Even if we have trouble with one another, even if we don't like one another, and and the call throughout this whole message was let's learn to like one another. Let's learn to get along with one another. Let's stop stabbing one another in the back. Let's realize we're called to be together. Now I don't know this archbishop. I don't know. I don't know whether he'd see things. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't see things quite the way I did. But it struck me what was this? This was an example of media spin. This was not a. This was not a archbishop throwing gasoline on the gender wars fire. This was not someone saying, let's really question if God is should be referred to as father, if that's patriarchal, if that's troublesome. That's not what he was saying. And that's how this was reported in our media. And to be honest, I fell for it until I went back and got to the original source. I shouldn't have fallen for it. I realized there's often media manipulation to divide Christians, media manipulation to discredit the church, more than that, to discredit anyone who's on the wrong side of cultural Marxism, but understand the church is often, you know, people on the cultural Marxist, social justice warriors, often will want to diminish the value of the church because they often see the church as oppressive. And indeed, it just this is just a reminder when we read a headline or we hear some Christian leader who says something that seems that's represented that either we might disagree with or we might think is wrong, check the source. Scripture says, don't receive an accusation against a leader by one witness. Well, I could say I had a bunch of newspapers that said it, but they were all just referring to the same article that came out of the Guardian newspaper in, in uh, England. My friends, be aware to media manipulation. Be aware to people who are manipulating news in order to change your opinion about politics, about God, about others, about the church. Be aware. There are people out there we once thought that our media had could be trusted. They have agendas. Be alert to the sources you use. Be alert to what you believe in. Meanwhile, God is our Father. Father is His preferred pronoun. I like to say that on campus. Let's honor God's preferred pronoun. He told us to call Him Father. 
and this is what we will do. I'd like to just end today's message with a simple prayer of praying the Lord's Prayer. I don't think we've ever done this in all of our several years here of being online together, but if you'd like to join with me, go right ahead. Let's pray. Pray then in this way, Jesus said, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And Father, we simply add to this. We pray for this unity in your body. We do have, a, we who name the name of Christ, we have one Father, one Savior, one Lord. There's one Spirit who lives within us. We do pray for unity. We pray, Lord, for people to stand courageously on the truth of God. And Lord, we know that our unity doesn't come simply because we're good-willed or nice people. Our unity becomes come our unity comes because we unite together around the one God and we submit ourselves to your truth found in your word. We bless you today. I pray Lord today for our churches, fill them with joy, fill them with worship, fill them with the sense of your holiness, fill them with the sense of your victory over death, fill them with awareness of their forgiveness. Might people today as they go to church uh, grow and grow close to you and experience your closeness and love you and love one another. And as a result, Lord, might we come out of church better Christians, better disciples, better believers to your glory and honor. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks. So that's what we want to do, is it not? We want to beware of where you learn your truth. That's one reason we come here. I hope you come join me every day. We get in the Word of God. I hope everything I say to you is true and not manipulated or not false or doesn't have spin to it, but it's true to God and His Word. And sometimes we do try and interpret and understand current events in light of what God says in His Word, today being one of those examples. So glad to have you along. I hope you join us every day. Subscribe to our channel. Hit the notify button so you know what we're what we're here. Like the video. That helps its placement on YouTube. And tell your friends, okay? Let's grow our community together. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.